Welcome to Top of the Line. This is the podcast version of our YouTube show. New episodes every Monday and Friday where we talk about audio and hi-fi related themes. If you have any requests for a future episode, send us an email, T-O-T-L at abyssheadphones.com. So we have a question came from the internet, and it's a new environmentally friendly edition of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have any of that printed Trying stuff. something new. Yeah, less tree murdering. Mm-hmm. So this one's from an Ian. It says, would you guys ever consider making a consumer headphone? And if so, what would be your top five considerations for it? EQ balance, physical qualities, construction materials, etc. Thanks. Ooh. Well, thanks for the question, Ian. We did a video like this before. We did a video talking about whether or not we would make a lower-cost, consumer-oriented headphone. So we'll link that in the description below. You go ahead and watch that one. A little bit involved. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll do our top five. We'll start from number five, the least important, and we'll work up to number one, the most important. I guess this is from a, like a perspective of a design consideration for a low-ish cost headphone, but that's by our standards. So it's like the few hundred dollar to sub-thousand-ish dollar range. Yeah. So number five, I think we all agree, is probably cost. And what do we mean by that? So most people, you see headphone on a shelf, $50, $100. So some people, that's actually kind of expensive headphone. The troubles there is a lot of times you build a headphone that's pretty uniform. It's very, very difficult to make a good headphone for $100 or so. So for us, we kind of build things the way they need to be. And cost is less of a concern. Um, and that's the luxury that you get afforded in the higher end space. You can make stuff that performs really great, first and foremost. A company that I could think of that's been making $100 or so headphones for a while is Grotto. Yeah. And they're in New York, and a lot of the stuff they do is in New York, and it's a cool company. And, uh, you know, and they've managed to maintain price points around there for a long time. So, you know, basically what you're saying is we're going to get anywhere near that price point, we have to compete with them. <laughs> You know, we're basically making the same product yeah. is the thing, right? So if you want a $50 headphone, that's fine. But there's so many people already offering that. Right. I don't really see the advantage to get into that because there's there's so few things you could afford to do physically that it's just well, that is the thing. The lower in price you go, the more cost constrained yeah. you are. That cost right. is the number one. Yeah. yeah you're the, worried about one screw in the thing. Well, you're stamping so out parts. You have to. You're just yeah. plas- right. mostly all plastic. all injection molded and, plastic. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a choice. Everything has to be very, you very know, highly assembled. A simple assemble. speaker. You can't make a planer driver for right. that price. You can't do it. Can't do it. You know? So so yeah. that, that, that price point is kind of out. Pretty much, if yeah. We, if we stick with how we do things. <laughs> Not anywhere near what we do things. You know? Yeah. If you want it to be uh, at least semi-boutique, it's got to be... In the hundreds yeah. to sub thousand. Otherwise, range. why even bother putting our name on it? I mean, we might as well just have Grotto make us a headphone and put our name. Right. On well, it. there's a lot of actually pretty good choices. Because <laughs> they kind of got it down. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's plenty of choices in that range. Right. So if you want that price range, other people cover it. Yeah. So we figure, why bother? Yeah. The slightly upper range of that is a little less crowded, and I think there's enough room that you can make a really exceptional product and still have it be affordable-ish. So number four, number four, going backwards in terms of priority, would be materials. What do we make this thing out of? Yeah, right. So this is something that we consider to be important, but in this price range, it can't really be critical. You're not making anything out of machined titanium and inconel, or even machined aluminum for that matter. 
Right, you're gonna have to be very careful with your material choices, or, yeah. or maybe only a little, like one a smidge part. Yeah, some important yeah. part. Right, right. Yeah, like a hinge or something. Because yeah, you're talking big expense to machine the whole thing, like we do now. Very expensive. Huge. So you'd have to plastic. It has to be a molded injection, molded parts, snapped together mostly. You know, something easy. Maybe a few screws. Minimize the hardware. Yep. It's got to be easy assembly, quick. I think this one has a bit more nuance than people realize. Because most people are unaware, but there's a lot of different choices in plastics. There's plastics that range from exceptional to complete trash. You could get really, really nice fit and yeah, finish on plastic parts. They look the same on the outside. They could look very, very similar. Yeah. drop them. <laughs> but you could have plastics that are very brittle, plastics that are very strong and resilient. Um, so choosing the right material for the job, uh, it's not something people always do perfectly. I don't think we'll be able to run any of them over with a Jeep. You could make it. You can like make that. it like that. I'm not sure that's a that'd great be design goal. Plastic. <laughs> they exist. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that'd be a heavy plastic headphone. You actually think you can make a headphone out of plastic to run yeah. over with a Jeep? Mm -hmm. How thick would the wall have to be? <laughs> a quarter inch thick. It would be expensive plastic though, so yeah, it probably it wouldn't make sense to, to be do. pretty thick. Lexan. You would, it wouldn't be that be thick cool. there, Let's but you'd have little ribs. Yeah, see through uh, Lexan. Uh, clear headphones. Yeah, clear. Yeah, that's, but then you can't do like GFR. If you do any type of reinforcement, you would uh, see the fibers. Right. Oh, right. It would have to be reinforced. Oh, yeah, well, it's true. You could probably 3D print a pretty sturdy structure. Yeah. Right? Bit of a crisscross pattern going mm -hmm. on. Sure. Internal bracing. Be no room for a speaker. Do but, a little honeycomb structure. But you could mm -hmm. run it over. <laughs> if it did, yeah, well, if it didn't need to be a headphone, yeah. you could make a headphone yeah, that that's you could run over. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. a speaker. Yeah. Maybe a really small speaker. So next up, I think probably build or like the tolerance of the parts. So uh, we find it to be probably a bit more important than a lot of other folks, the way something's built, how it's designed, how it all fits together, and how it works. Um, for some companies, that's a bit more of an afterthought, and um, I think it really matters. I really appreciate a well-designed, built product that stands the test of time. Well, the thing with, a, the thing with like a, a tolerances and build quality at this price point is that if the tolerances are off a little bit, then things get a little noisy and squeaky and loose, or over time they might fall apart. So you do have to pay a lot of attention to detail, even though it is a lower-priced product. And since you're making molded components out of plastic and so on, and you know, it, these tolerances can vary dramatically as opposed to like a machined part where you can hold under a thou. <laughs> you know, here we're dealing with molds that wear out and so on over time, or you know, all the parts have to come together type thing. Not that that's a monumental challenge or anything, but, you know, it can be if you're stamping out parts by the thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds. In of a lower-cost product, tolerances are oftentimes more important because you don't really have the luxury you have in the high end. You need to come up with more creative ways to have things fit and work right. A lot of times, lower-cost products have a single part that does multiple functions. And so these material choices and how they fit together are much more important oftentimes in lower cost products. Because if you use the wrong material, they don't fit together right, they wear out fast, they fall apart, they don't work right, they make noises and things like that. And that's actually pretty common on a lot of lower cost Yeah, headphones. you tend to get squeaks and all kinds of noises out of the lower end of things. And most people are, I mean, they're just used to it. That's the way it is down there. But we're not. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could always grease it up or oil the parts before mm. them together. <laughs> right. Or, or you reduce the number of moving parts. Yeah, right. Well, it's just kind of kind of difficult to do, I guess, when you're trying to make this thing go together easy because 
it's a difficult trade-off, yeah. but that's one of the things that bothers me a, a fair bit on low-cost products. A lot of times you could see intrinsic in the design, they don't really care how long it lasts or they don't feel they could afford to design it in a way that it lasts a long time. They have some sort of friction mechanism for supporting the headband or making an adjustable height that you know was going to wear or was going to fail. Or they have components in there that are non-replaceable or very difficult to service that um, are critical to the function of the part. And they're not going to last past a few years. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, when you get to the lower end of things, you think about it, the parts aren't made to be replaced or serviceable. It's pretty much a, a throwaway. Yeah. You know, usually, once it yeah. breaks, uh, usually. I mean, aside from maybe ear pads or headband, you know, maybe a headband. Ear pads, maybe ear pads. Maybe ear pads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But everything else is kind of like as soon as that thing goes, piece of plastic cracks somewhere, it's, it's basically done. There's a lot of mechanisms yeah. like that. In it's headphones. not serviceable. They have some sort of design where something like the headband is supported by a small component. And if and when that device fails, it's very difficult to do something about it. It's very difficult to fix it. And I find that to be rather unacceptable. Oh, I got a good example of this that I just I ran into not too long ago. Uh, I had the Dyson vacuum cleaner yeah. and the little latch to open the bin. One little plastic bit broke. The tip. Yeah, the, yeah just the, the tip the latches. of it. And it wouldn't latch anymore. Yeah. And now the whole vacuum's out. I know. Yeah, so that's tough. Like, yeah. And then you can't, there's nothing to fix. It's a plastic part that's broke. Yeah. Right. Can you, you get the, can you get a replacement thing? Yeah, like the whole bin, you can buy them. Yeah. But it's like half the price of the vacuum. Jesus. <laughs> you know? See, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's, that's kind of bullshit. You right can't there. even glue it in that, that application. Oh, no, right. No, those things. The plastic flexes. Yeah. So it would be very, very difficult you have to, to make that printer, robust. Re- print your own replacement part. Yeah. Can you even pull that part out and replace it once it's put in? Yeah. yeah, you can yeah. replace it, but you got to replace the entire component. You think yeah. they'd sell just the latch, though, knowing that that's going to be a failure point, you know? What's well, integrated into the that's flap the thing. thing. Yeah, it's integrated. Oh. It's I mean, like we were talking yeah, right. about. They make this one thing do that's multiple true. parts. It's put together. It isn't and made so, of, from yeah, a right. build perspective, it makes sense. It's just right. if it fails, if you design it in such a way that that's possible, then unfortunately, it's very difficult so, to repair. So now you got to wrap your dice in a duct tape, huh? Tape, tape. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. a pain in the ass. Well, I have another one now. Yeah. But right. that one, yeah, the temporary solution was tape it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and the thing. Like, same with those those things. Like, if they're easy to fall or drop. Yeah. And that usually takes them down. It just one little plastic yeah. part. It's one time. Yeah. The damn thing falls from wherever you're holding it. Or you set it against something temporarily to do something. Yeah. That is an issue with all, that, all the consumer-based It is. Goods. And those are expensive, relatively yeah, expensive toys. expensive. Yeah. But the annoying thing is, more often than not, you can design around it without really increasing cost. If you knew that that part was going to be a high failure point or what's going to stop this device from being used for many years and send it to a landfill, a lot of times you can figure out a solution that barely, if anything, increases cost by a better design. So, But it's all about priorities at that point. you got to think about it. It takes yeah. a lot of time some, to really think all point, these things like, through. It's done. Make it. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> right. Or it's the yeah. way you've been doing it and it isn't really an issue or the failures are uncommon I mean, or it happens the, after five years and people say it's good enough. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, technically, actually, these things have seem to have a finite life, a lot of yeah. these things, which, well, yeah. which, is, which I guess brings us back to the build quality of what we're talking about here. You know, you can't assume this is things going to last a lifetime. You're probably not going to hand this down to your kids. You know, at that well, price range. I mean, you maybe, but, you know, you're not dealing with, you know. A few hundred dollar headphone metal. is expensive enough that I think it should last quite a long time. Well, we could just look at history. Like, how many headphones from the 70s and 80s are still around? Well, yeah. answer, not, not many. many yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably made hundreds or millions of headphones back then because it was popular and it kind of waned for yeah. a while, you know. And, I mean, 
good walk. I, I see we go to I go to state sales from time to time. I don't see old headphones anywhere. Mm. So, you know, it just shows the go. And those were consumer products. And they were, you know, whatever they were, $100 or so, $50 to $100. And they're gone. They're all gone. So none of that stuff is timeless. And that's kind of what you look at when you're looking at the lower price ranges. Yeah. It's almost a disposable product. Well, and in particular, it's probably like ear pads and stuff and headbands right. wearing out. They never really had that. replacements. Yeah, right. Where they and stopped making stopped them. That's making trouble. It. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I th- I, I, essentially, that's what happened with, like, my vacuum, the new model came out, and then you know, they don't even sell the old replacement parts for it. Well, I bet even early Beach, you probably can't get parts for them anymore. But then again, there's a, probably there's a lot of them out there, there's and maybe lot, there's aftermarkets yeah. that make this stuff. But even Sometimes. then, it's got to be tough to service that at this point. I don't think anyone's bothering with it. They probably just move on. Get a new one. Right? They know. Right. You're, you're, it's time to get a new one type thing. It's an upgradable path where you're like, mm. It's like, I guess I'm going wireless now or something. Yeah. <laughs> get the new ones. Yeah. Well, what I like to see is not necessarily a device that lasts forever because, unfortunately, that's unrealistic a lot of times in lower price points. But a device that, if it does fail, if something breaks on it, it fails in a way that you could repair or replace it reasonably, where it doesn't devastate the product. It's not junk, yeah. right? You could, uh, like, if the headband fails or if it get, the headband gets dirty or destroyed in some manner, you could still use the headphone or cover the headband or something like that. Like, it's designed Gorilla in an intelligent glue. fashion yeah. <laughs> that it could be repaired readily. Because a lot of times stuff is just designed in a way that if it breaks, this part is doing several functions and you can't just fill it with glue. That's tough to do. I mean, when something's made out of plastic, everyone knows what that's like. There, there are certain areas of plastic where they have to flex or whatever that you can't, you can't fix. Once you can it breaks, it's it. just going to keep breaking. Almost um, always you can oh, design yeah. around it, though. You, yeah, probably. But yeah. And if you use the right plastic. But see, the, the only way, a lot of times the only way you know they're designed around it is you have to put it out there in the field and see how it breaks. That's the trouble. Well, you got to know what's going to break. Okay, okay, now I see where they're breaking. Now you got to fix it. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, maybe it's a it, difficult balance. Maybe Rev G, you might have it down where it's, mm-hmm. and that's going to take five, six years to, to iron out. So, by yeah. then you got a new model. So, again, they're still, the, they're still disposable items, right? Kind of. It depends how cost down you it's, do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do it so every tiny little fraction of a cent is pulled out of it, and then, yeah, you're going to have failures I think, and make accurate revisions. I think if revisions. you made that one, it was mostly plastic, and even looking at where the failure points might be, I still, I still think you're going to find that there's a lot of ways that people will find to break them. Yeah, people always <laughs> find know? a way to break things. You know? Yeah. And uh, it is what it is. You could try and minimize those. Which brings yeah. us to the second most important thing in this, tuning. Tuning. Mm. Yeah. How yeah. do we tune this? Would it be different? I don't know. <laughs> Bass boost? Mm. It's a joke. It's an internal joke. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the bass boost uh, circuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot where that started. Somebody, something about Alex. Cavalli. Alex, Alex, yeah. Alex, yeah. <laughs> Maybe put the bass boost circuit in here. Yeah. <laughs> that's a deep one. Yeah, yeah. that's really deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah, maybe we'd have to put a bass booster in it. Yeah. Mm. Well, or like a button, bass boost button. Yeah, a port. You mm. see different preferences in different price points. Yeah. The low, low end, the $10, $20 headphones, what people are looking for in there is totally different from what people want in the multi-thousand dollar headphones, usually at least. Yeah, you got to muffle the top end, mm. keep, keep everything, yeah. keep away all those nasty eyes so you don't hear your shit. Because the price <laughs> determines what you're plugging it into and the, the cost of the stuff you're plugging into kind of oftentimes somewhat determines the sound. I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe we get the bass boost going and maybe we kind of tame the highs and what's left the mids yeah, <laughs> yeah well what, what can we do with that we could probably push some mids at people yeah, maybe a little bit pushy though? and yeah. silky smooth yeah i think people associate good mids with forward mids you know it's right there at you maybe you know? I, yeah, if you're looking for like an intimate kind of yeah more intimate that'd sound. be easy to do 
Well, Pushing mids is easy. Is it? Especially since the whole thing's going to be made of plastic. It's, it's doing all inherently. <laughs> Roll the highs, pump the bass, push the mids. Push the mids. <laughs> whole Do thing it. should be smooth and yeah. coherent. I think I think that'll be popular. <laughs> is that is that what everybody's looking for? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think you just made an HD six hundred. Oh, oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the per perennial perfect. fan favorite. So if you came up with that, some of everyone else, that means we're on a good. So we're perfect there. So yeah. So that's that with tuning. Yeah, tuning, we can make it anything we want. But well, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is that's very important tuning, yeah. and especially in lower cost headphones, there's different preferences from the high-end stuff it, it probably is one of the more important factors yeah which brings us to the number one thing which is basically overall quality and resolution of this thing yeah you know how resolved can we make a headphone in the sub thousand dollar category that matches that tuning mm. well <laughs> with yeah. plastic parts i don't know if this is injection molded yeah um <laughs> but sound quality we considered a matter a fair bit so that's why it's number one on our list. Right, right. Uh, that matters. If the thing doesn't sound good, it doesn't matter. Yeah, why Otherwise, bother? right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how long it lasts or what it looks like, how it works. That's kind of our philosophy. Why even it bother making good. it? We, we need to want to be able one. to use We want to be able to want to use it ourselves. We want to, we want to use these things. Mm -hmm. That's what we make things for, for us, too, <laughs> yeah. as well as everybody else. So, yeah, it's very important. It's pretty general, though, sound quality. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, it's a little generalized. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of resolution you can get out of this thing, you know? That would Hard be a double-edged sword at this price point because you're talking about pushing more information at people, but at the same time, it's not going to be of the highest quality because everything around the... Even a driver, like, you can't make drivers like we make now with single-piece magnets and stuff like that. It would be way too expensive. You couldn't do it. I think you need to very much look at this like a system approach. If you look at it as a headphone... I don't think you're going to get the best result because especially in the lower price ranges, it's more critical. If you know people are probably going to be driving on very, very high on amps, then maybe you could get away with doing just the best physically possible. But in the lower end stuff, people aren't plugging a $600 headphone into a $10,000 amp and have super duper high end gear all across the chain. So you need to know the realistic workload for this device and it needs to work well in that. So it needs to perform in the conditions people are going to be using it in. Um, so basically trying to get the most sound quality, the, the best performance you can out of it, given the constraints of the hardware that it's on. Yeah, as much as sound quality is a priority for us in terms of um, resolution and so on, you'd obviously have to limit the resolution on a piece like this because you're knowing, you're knowing that they're not running $10,000 yeah. amplifiers and so right. on. you, you got to limit it. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay. You could still... Work on number two a bit, you know, which the tonality or the, the overall balance of the sound of it, and then blend the resolution in as the number one or the sound, you know, the HQ. Give, give people as much resolution as they can handle, but not too mm -hmm. much. Right. It's a balance. It's a very tight balancing act at the consumer level of things. Bowers and Wilkins has fought with this for years because, you know, I've, I used to work from 100 years ago, but you, you, in, in seeing how they've tuned their speakers over the years, to like today, to current date, which currently, if you ask me, their their whatever it is, their Diamond series is now the highest resolution they've, speaker they've ever put out, so to speak, in terms of consumer product, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's the higher end of consumer products, but you've I've always heard how they've limited the resolution of their loudspeakers over the years, like you have. Their speaker drivers can do far more in terms of res res resolution, but they purposely dumb down through the crossover and, and systems in order to 
make sure that people don't get too much resolution, mm. that they hear too much of mistakes in their systems and setups. Well, I think this is counterintuitive, but when you say limiting resolution, it doesn't really mean that the end result is limited resolution. The goal is always to get the most resolution out of the device. But if you know what you're putting in, a lot of times, actually, it could sound less than stellar yeah. if you have a very, very high resolution speaker. Like I've said before, resolution. It'll show you all the faults. Resolution is a double-edged sword. People think they want it until they have it. Mm. And then yeah. they realize that everything else around it sucks. Right. Well, <laughs> and maybe it's too much. Like, yeah. It depends on the recording, obviously, too, still. But I think at least uh, everybody's moving towards, uh, you know, higher quality lossless music. So that's the, in the lower end, you know. At least everybody's getting better source material. Yeah, that's great. So that's that's a good step in the yeah, right direction. Right, at least. that allows us to to actually offer more resolution um, out of the headphone because now the source material is of a higher quality. It does. Yeah, I mean yeah. that so is you can step up. You have it. to start there, right? right. The source is yeah. you know garbage in, garbage out yeah. is the is the uh, is the saying. I mm -hmm. think that's a fair point because I don't think the average person would recognize that it's pretty common for people to understand how the device is going to be used and try to anticipate the needs. So in something like a headphone, if you know that there's a huge number of people that now have access to better quality audio, you may be more likely to try to push higher resolution in your product. Yeah. You may be more likely to try to design a higher quality product because you think people are going to actually be able to utilize it. Yeah, and right? by the same token, those people that are now getting the higher resolution are going to be looking for higher quality products. Mm -hmm. Yep. We just happen to have those mm -hmm. things right now. How convenient. Uh, available right now today. I guess at, like like Apple in particular, since they have like they're making end products and they're doing the music source side, they they're they're uh, they want their products to keep sounding better, right? Sure. Cuz then cuz now they could feed better quality music to people and then that. Well, and they're, yeah. they're probably the ultimate example of a consumer-based product with a lot of tech in it. And you know, even at their level of capabilities, let's say, call it, it's still limited in terms of the oh, yeah. SQ, the sound yeah, quality. Very much. You know, and it, it's it's part done on purpose, and it's part because they can't do any better at that price range because they're throwing their tech into the electronics, uh, you know, everything else, and the SQ is good enough. In the consumer space, they make very expensive products, but yeah. when you compare it to an absolute, what could be physically done, it's limited. Yeah. And that's just the facts. You can right. always do better if you're willing to spend more, but obviously there's practical limitations. Nobody wants a million-dollar headphone. Well, maybe one person. Yeah. Most people don't really yeah. want to buy a million-dollar headphone. No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no point. Or do I think we want to make a million-dollar headphone? Yeah, I that would be... Whew. Well, they've tried it. They put diamonds and gold yeah, on it, yeah. but you know, that's yeah, kind of that's, yeah. that's yeah. fluffing up. Right. Or, you know, it's like... Making yeah. a turd look better. It's like a <laughs> right. solid gold toilet. Yeah, right. Just for, yeah, it doesn't just work any better, yeah. right? I don't even think the Saudis are buying gold toilets anymore. I think that's all gone now. Mm. They're building massive skyscrapers. I think that's a little extra. All right. Yeah, I would go for more of the <laughs> functional toilet Yeah, uh, that has a good performance. Good performance. Well, general aesthetics. With a boudet on it? Is it a boudet? Yeah. yeah. You got to get, get the butt washer option. Yeah, yeah of that's course. Good, that's good stuff. Of course. Yeah. Yes, fifteen thousand dollars Japanese toilets. Oh, those are yeah. nice, man. Uh -huh. You got to admit, they're stylish. They are, they are nice. Yeah. They're pretty stylish yeah. as far as toilets I go. Could, I've seen more and more newer builds now. Homes, I think, they're starting to go that way a little bit. You know, they're starting to get. They're paying more attention to the upper end of things. Mm. You know, your well, your totos and your colers. The stuff like builder grade toilets that you see in a lot of new homes, they're terrible. Oh yeah, well they, they don't yeah. flush. They don't yeah, flush. if you don't spec a toilet, they'll give you whatever the hell you right. want. They, they are one that's twenty dollars cheap. cheaper. Yeah. They are it's cheap. a hundred dollar toilet, yeah. you know, all day long. It's just amazing when you think about it. Talk about price points. How the hell do you make 
a solid ceramic piece that it is big. affordable. I mean, a a pot for a plant costs that much. Yeah, <laughs> they can't logistics. Yeah. You got to ship yeah. it, distribute it, not yeah. break it. I don't even. I can't even imagine how they do that. I don't that even, is even impressive. Imagine. Yeah, and it's a wonder why it doesn't flush, right? Well, you can't have everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you want white ceramic four hundred and a hundred dollars, and you want it to flush. <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. <They're laughs> that's the three hundred dollar model. They're less than a hundred. Yeah. They're like eighty. It blows my mind how they do that. It just blows my mind. Yeah, it would cost that much to ship something yeah, locally, right? They, just the there. packaging yeah. alone right. in the high end. The packaging would be twenty twenty five dollars for the boxes. Be, yeah. They're you know? nice yeah. boxes because yeah. they have to be. Yeah. Usually double wall cardboard yeah. could be fifteen twenty dollar box. God knows how they make that stuff. Volume, volume, it, lots. It's got to be a serious kiln. This thing goes through. Oh, whatever yeah. you call, just a massive oven that these things are on a conveyor just going through. Right? I don't know. One of these I days I have to watch a YouTube video on toilet production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Common thing for me to look at. <laughs> I have seen it. It actually yeah. is though. Yeah. 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 Well. uh as usual, <laughs> start getting off topic and then it totally. go on for 40 minutes. Well, hell, an hour Four and a half. Yeah, at least. So uh, if you like that video, uh, give us a thumbs up. If you have any questions that you want to ask us, uh, you can email us at TOTL at abyssheadphones.com. And uh, thanks for watching. Thank you, everyone. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>